Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that is really designed to help you take your business to the next level. What I try to do is integrate some topics, themes, interviews of thought leaders, as well as some very tactical and practical things you can weave into your business, as well as strategic and kind of visionary things as well. Today, I want to talk about a topic that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I think it's especially appropriate as we kind of move out of this kind of pandemic we've been in and start to not necessarily get back to normal, but start to, you know, have that little bit of what's next kind of mindset that that's out there that I certainly talked about on the last podcast. This podcast series is supported by the National Association of Remodeling Industry, as well as Professional Remodeler, as well as several of my alliances out there that really are committed to the education of your business and taking you to the next level. So today I want to talk about a topic that is really kind of the reverse. It's not so much what to do, but it's more what not to do. You know, what are those mistakes? What are those potholes? What are those accidents that if you could just avoid more of them, you would be successful? Now, there's so many analogies and metaphors that we can talk about when it comes to making mistakes. But I think at the end of the day, what you need to do is translate into what are those common mistakes? What are those mistakes that you've made? Because we really learn more from making the mistake and avoiding in the future than we do necessarily just with the winds. So a few analogies and metaphors I might touch on first. First of all, I've never actually got in a, into a car accident where I crashed basically with another car. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm bragging about that fact. I'm saying it because I have had a mindset from pretty much all my driving life that cars crash, crash into each other and are a product of being next to each other and are a product of kind of making mistakes with each other. And if you can avoid those mistakes, if you can stay away from the reckless drivers, if you can try to focus on just literally not hitting the other car, then the likelihood of you making a mistake and having an accident is much less. Another one that's a little bit maybe more interesting and fun, it's one that is focused on sports, and that's baseball. You know, I oftentimes I'm coaching either leaders or coaching top gun salespeople, you know, and I really love the hitting kind of metaphor and analogy. And the hitting metaphor and analogy, if you really think about it, it's about not getting out, not necessarily not getting a hit that makes you so much more successful. You know, no one bats a thousand. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But those that make less mistakes or less outs not only make the Hall of Fame or make All-Stars, but they're also not cut from the team. And you see this really in batting averages. You know, three out of 10 hits, that makes you an All-Star. Two out of 10 hits, you get cut from the team. And it's all about that one mistake. It's all about that one hit or the making less mistakes. So when it comes to your remodeling business, I think what I want to do is I want to take kind of my letterman top 10. These are just 10 mistakes that I see in businesses. Again, 
at a high level or even at a granular level that I think you can really, really try to avoid. Now, what I encourage is not only while you're listening to this podcast and certainly pass along to some of your team members, I would also make a list of these things. But more importantly, what are some of your mistakes that you've made? How do you articulate that? And then most importantly, how do you communicate to the team? How do you build in processes and systems and checks and balances to avoid the mistakes? You would be much, much more healthy, happier, and profitable if you made less mistakes in the business. So let me start down. And I think when you write down some of the list of these things, I think they'll really resonate for you. So the first one is mistake is having the wrong client kind of swim into your net. Now, this sounds kind of a simplistic kind of comment. We oftentimes think a personal referral is potentially a great client, but it's not a great client. It's just an easy sale. And I think the more that you realize that that's really what it's about and what you need to do is you need to discriminate and run a filter, a filter through what are the right clients and what are the wrong clients in your business? About 25 years ago, I was actually at a seminar that Steve Maltzman did, who's kind of a guru of financial elements in remodeling businesses. And one of the comments that he made in the meeting that I really, really resonated for me was that 18% of the homeowners out there will not allow you to make a profit. Well, I remember at the time thinking, wow, how did he come up with that? And I said, that must not be the case for my business. So I went back and asked our team, you know, go back over the last couple hundred projects. Take a look at the the gross profit margins in terms of when we fell below the, 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 the lowest level of our threshold in terms of gross profit. The team actually quickly kind of did that and came back to me. Of those 200 projects, 40 of those fell below. And you know, Steve was right. 20% of our clients did not allow us to make a profit. Now, you can say that's our fault. That's kind of, it's a rainy day condition. You can say a lot of different things. But I will say with putting some discipline in place, we were able to dramatically see an improvement to that. So I gathered a group together and I said, look, guys, what we need to do is we need to come up with some questions, some filters that we can determine what clients are likely to be the right clients and what like uh, likely to be the wrong clients. Now, I've done podcasts on this. I've written about this checklist. So I'm not going to go into all the details, but these are pretty simple filters. And now you can train and everyone in your organization can become a gatekeeper when it comes to allowing the right client to swim into the net. Now, this may sound a little bit dogmatic, but what I can tell you is we went from 20% not allowing us to make a profit to single digits, seven or 8%. So as a result, you can dramatically see increase in profitability, happiness, creating more interesting projects, and certainly keep the retention of your team by having the right clients. The second mistake that I see is the wrong projects. 
Now, the wrong projects can come in a lot of different fashions and form. I remember years ago, I was doing a talk and I asked the audience, okay, what's the right size project for your organization? And I remember there was a fellow that oftentimes sat in the front row. He said anywhere from 5,000 to 500,000. I happened to see someone in the back of the room who I knew had a very healthy kind of buttoned up business. And I said, Jim, what is the right size project for your business. He said 72,500. Who do you think was more profitable? Who do you think was had less mistakes? Jim obviously did because he was laser focused. Now, needless to say, he would do $50,000 projects and 150, but he certainly wouldn't take on all these projects of all these diverse sizes because that is a mistake. You're not going to be as healthy. You're not going to create raving fans and you're not going to be as profitable. Now, when it comes to the right project, there's a lot of dimensions to it. Number one is obviously size, but also the type of project. You know, you need to know not only the sweet spot of what the ideal size project, but what is that scope of work? And you need to like almost like look for those projects, almost like a radar looking for those projects and opportunity. Also, the location of the projects. You know, in some cases, you're near urban areas, some cases suburban, some cases it's much further out and it's too far away for you. But you need to have the right location of projects. I think the more that you can define and you can highlight and know what that bullseye type project is for you, uh, you're going to be more likely to be successful and have less mistakes. Number three on my list was whale hunting. Now, I cannot even remotely count the number of times people get all excited about a giant project. It's bigger than anything we've ever done. And I make a note to myself to circle back with that person, that client, whoever it happens to be, a year later and ask them about that project. Nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, they regret it. That whale hunting, that going for, you know, Mount Everest type project, nine times out of 10 does not come out well. It is a mistake to be whale hunting. What you need to do is not only have the discipline as an owner to watch out for the whale hunting, but also you need to coach and train your team, especially salespeople, not to get so enamored, waste so much time on all the whale hunting because you're going to come back and potentially regret it in the long run. Number four on my list was a big mistake is allowing clients to corrupt your process. Now, I know this sounds simple and I know we do custom remodeling and we're all about being client centric, but that you can be client centric and still not allow a client to corrupt your process. When you go to a particular restaurant that's focused on being expert in cooking meats, you're not going to ask them about the fish of the day or the lobster and ask them to go and prepare that for you. You know, what you need to do is focus on your process and and be disciplined to making that process world-class for your clients and the client experience. But you also have to not allow the client to corrupt your process because those, not, again, more times than not, will come back and sting you. 
Number five is wasting time. You know, I kind of say this somewhat flippantly, but we oftentimes as owners and remodelers, we tend to be unpaid researchers. We tend to be Friday night entertainers for clients or entertainment for clients. So when you go out, you want to give the client that first shot. You want to ante up in one hand until you really see kind of the indications coming back with your sales process, with your process. But what you also want to try to do is ask for the sale, go for the juggler, so to speak. Do not become an unpaid researcher. Now, your people oftentimes are comfortable in the maybe land in, in, and they do not like the no. And because they don't like the no, they try to avoid the no. And it's very easy to stay in that unpaid researcher mode and not be successful. Number six on my list is mastering budgeting. You know, I've talked a lot about this in my podcast. Budgeting is a conversation. Budgeting is not yours. Budgeting is theirs. The more that you can master the conversation and be proficient at talking about money with a client, the more successful you're going to be. Again, where you lose projects, where projects get off uh, off track, nine times out of ten, they're miscommunication. And with that miscommunication, it oftentimes wraps around budget creep, wraps around misunderstandings related to the money. Now, again, I've done some podcasts on mastering budgeting and certainly training on this, but I think the more that you start to see yourself as a financial planner and not just a designer and remodeler, you see kind of you gain the knowledge that's really required to be able to take your game to the next level. I think you're going to be more successful. Number seven on my mistakes is not knowing your numbers. Now, I'm oftentimes surprised whether it's a million dollar business or a $10 million business that oftentimes owners, leaders, salespeople, they really don't know the numbers. The, the analogy I sometimes use that I think really helps people to really get this more effectively is to really think about, think about for a minute, like you're driving a car. Your numbers are like the dashboard on your car. You know and I know what the three most important dashboard elements on your car are. Now imagine, imagine for the moment, if your speedometer wasn't working, how does that make you feel? How efficient, how effective are you? Imagine, for example, your fuel gauge just showed empty and didn't really give you an accurate sense of how much fuel is in your tank. Are you going to end up stopping more often as a result of it? Probably. So when you think about the numbers in your business, they're very analogous to the dashboard of your car. You've got key numbers within your business that you need to intimately know. Just like you do in a car and you're driving along, you glance down. What speed am I going? You know, every few minutes you glance down, maybe every 20, 30 minutes. Do I have enough fuel? You need to understand that with your business. So by putting the simple things in place and not running from the numbers and being fearful of the numbers, you're going to be more successful. Number eight on my list is chasing shiny objects. Now, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business leaders, 
And it sounds a little bit flippant, but, you know, one of the big, big mistakes that some of them make is they chase shiny objects. What's the newfangled thing? What's the cool idea? See, remodeling entrepreneurs, they tend to be a little bit more visionary and not necessarily integrators into the business. And as a result, they oftentimes are juggling five, six, seven, or eight balls rather than focusing on the key balls that are helping you be successful. Now, I am not saying for a second that I want to put a brick on your head in terms of growth and creativity and innovation. What I am saying is you've got to look at your portfolio of time. How much time and energy am I and people in my business spending on the core things versus chasing shiny objects. If that number tends to be more than 20 or 30% chasing the shiny objects or new opportunities that are out there, then you probably are spending too much. Number nine on my list is not necessarily focusing on the team. You know, your team is your greatest, greatest asset. And an asset is an investment. And an investment, you want to see a return on that investment. What's interesting is when businesses get busy, the first thing or one of the things that oftentimes falls off the list of what you're investing is, is training. It's really focused on your one-on-ones. It's focused on developing the team. If there's one thing that I look back in my career that I got an aha early on, and that is put the time and energy into developing the team. That's where you're going to see the ROI. It's not necessarily just selling another project, making another delight client. It's putting the time and energy in developing the team. You need to have world-class one-on-ones weekly with your direct reports. You need to have leadership meetings and management meetings that are really focused on not only alignment, but taking their game to the next level. So by focusing on a team, you really realize that remodeling really is a team sport and it really takes, I think, that synergy and that dynamic of the team, but also the development of the team members to be successful. And the last, which is really a quote that many, many of you heard was actually Ben Franklin, I think, that originally said this, and that is, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. You know, oftentimes I'm talking to folks, you know, about what is that vision? What is that plan? What are you doing to kind of execute that plan? Now, what's tricky is in the pandemic that we've experienced, I think some of those plans ended up in the trash can because we got a lot of curveballs we didn't expect. But now we're inching our way out of, I think, COVID and certainly the pandemic. We can look out to the horizon a little bit more and we can start to plan and plan ahead. And I think the more that you can start to do that, the more success you're going to be. So again, just to summarize, if you can avoid the potholes, if you can avoid the mistakes, you're going to be more profitable, you're going to be more fulfilled, and you're certainly going to develop a much better and healthy growing business. So I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast today. I encourage you to reach out to those that support this podcast, not only our friends at the magazines, but also my friends with uh, the associations and certainly the alliances that are out there supporting you and helping you take your business to the next level. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Sharp Our Local. 
you can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 